Let's play a clip. I think we've only got a couple left, so we might as well get through the whole thing. What do you think? Let's, let's put on Dr. Hyatt. Where are we? Yeah. Okay, tell me if you can hear this. I'm just going to turn it up. Yeah. You just look at the hysteria over saying the phrase Merry Christmas at the end. <laughs> I mean, this is ludicrous. Yeah. It's just words. Just sounds. Yep. Actually, just on that bit, so how he says it's just sounds, why is everyone getting so fucking uptight about words? <clears throat> I am, um, so just for the listeners, I've been um, getting into, I, I'm doing another round of undoing. So I've, I haven't, I've used it maybe on and on or off, and I've used various things at certain times, but I'm actually going to do the whole thing. Uh, again, how many if, for the listeners? How, how many years have you been working? When did you first start working with it, and um, how, how much oh, time have you spent with it? Shit. Probably two. Well, uh, in in one form, probably since two thousand and three. But then, of course, his full course didn't come out. I think until would have been two thousand and six or two thousand and seven, something like that. But I was I was right on board from that point. But I'd been experimenting with other stuff in his his books prior to that, uh, including you know various breathing and yogic practices prior. So I, I actually, when it first came out, and the year escapes me, I think it was sometime around there. Um, I ran it for a number of years, probably three or four years. And it wasn't intently like, like yourself, but it was, you know, maybe two sessions a week, maybe one sometimes kind of thing. But I, I was quite consistent uh, with it. And I, and I did make it through the entire thing uh, to, to great benefit. Uh, and then I kind of went on other things. And if, if a section of my body would become tense again, I would work on that bit. But I always found the energetic breathing quite useful, so I would I've I've always used that fairly regularly. Um, for me, a big area of tension, and as I've discovered, it's related to my posture, is actually my throat region. So I've I've found that I've always had to periodically return to to that section. And anyway. <clears throat> that's a long-winded way of saying for a long time. Um, but this time I'm going to run it again for a few reasons. Uh, the first reason is the course that I'm developing, and it's not completely related to it, but there are a few things that I want to test out alongside the, this this uh, whole idea, this Reikian therapy. Um, so I've been doing it for you know a couple of weeks at this point and i'm starting properly and i'm i'm running my own breathing work alongside of it not not doing it during the session but i am doing other sessions during the day um so i, I guess you could call that alongside it sort of so i i am starting with the the energetic breathing which for people who haven't done this is actually quite difficult because there are a number of things that you have to do. You have to breathe in a certain way at a certain tempo, and you have to make a, a sound on each uh, exhalation, which is like an ah uh, sound. 
which is very difficult actually to do that consistently uh, which obviously is the point of the work. That's why you do it. It's not meant to be easy. And that's why it takes so many years to gain any proficiency at it, I think, if you do it properly. So, so what you do is at first, uh, I like to build myself up so I can tolerate that energetic breathing for at least an hour before I move on to the next parts, which is Fuck, that's a big ask. It's really hard to stay present during that, I guess, because of the hyperventilation element. But it's also just you just want to do anything else. You, you know what I mean? Like you want to do anything else. It just take just staying with your body is really hard. And yeah, it's it's interesting that in the old days, like I got pretty good at it. I think I got reasonable at it. I probably didn't do it perfectly, but I feel like doing it now even though i have a better idea of what's going on it's still it's it's difficult again admittedly i haven't been doing it long and, and things did come back to me faster but yeah i noticed some tensions in certain parts of my body and particularly the ability to make the ah sound was greatly compromised compared to what it used to be anyway uh that's besides the point because Already, I'm starting to feel less reactive, which is very interesting. It, it happened pretty quickly. And I've been going through some fairly tough work scenarios uh, recently. And there was one particular instance where I had a customer just cut loose at me. And I, I have a, a pretty infamously bad temper, obviously, with a with a client, I don't act out on it, but you do sit there and you like you steam when you stew and you get fucking pissed off at this dickhead who's having a go at you about you know something I didn't particularly even do. <clears throat> and um, normally I would have that reaction. Normally I'd be, uh, you know, just fucking sitting there, just a little bit on edge. Uh, but I just finished a, a session, uh, an energetic breathing session. And I don't know if you've seen it before. Well, you've probably seen a similar video, but there's a video of this little uh, monkey. I'm not sure what type it is. And it's chirping. It's making little chirping sounds, kind of like, you know, what it sounds like. And I was sitting there uh, copping this torrent of abuse. And it didn't affect me at all. I didn't even have a single... <laughs> emotional reaction to what this guy was saying and it really felt like i was watching that little monkey chirp there was not a single emotion in my body i just sat there on the phone and kind of hanged up afterwards apologized for what happened and i it was only after the phone call i realized i, I didn't react at all like it wasn't just holding it in like i'm holding it in and not reacting I, like nothing came up at all it was just sounds it was just sounds that's all it was interesting effect i thought and just uh not not even that that much into the work admittedly you know i've been doing nice. breathing exercises for a long time so like i've not been doing it i think i just came to it but it was just it was such an extreme scenario that I, you know, you, you can't help it, right? If someone is 
just scolding you, you do have a reaction. Uh, but I had none. It's that shark, white shark mindset. That's what that is. White shark mindset. You just sit there and take it in. And, uh, and let, it shows how much of the, <laughs> it shows how much of what you think is coming from the other person is actually your own internal dialogue and your own feelings just on overdrive reacting to the person. Yeah. That you're that yeah. actually is just a guy making noises. <laughs> it's yeah. just like a, yeah. some Quite creature literally. is making all these noises. And if you're not attached to what they're saying, then it doesn't actually matter. Other than if he's about to say something that you have to act on immediately, but in general, it's uh, yeah. none of your business if this chimp uh, wants to. Yeah. It's just a dude chimping out, um, and yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like me. So, so I wasn't consciously not having re a reaction. That's the thing. It, it just sort of happened. Like I didn't. Yeah, you're not in there. Was no it's happening. It's just yeah. yeah. That's 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 the real thing. You know, isn't it? That's when you. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, you, that's when you start, when you're doing this type of work, you know that you're not imagining it because that's, it's not that you're uh, dealing better with not having a temper tantrum or uh, you're not stewing as much. It's, you're just, it just doesn't come up. Yeah. There's no need for you to have a reaction. You realize that that reaction was not choice, but that was like a habit you were doing. I think mm. it just starts working by itself and actually you can switch those things off indirectly. You don't switch them off by trying to think something else or to undo it directly. You work on your basic physiology and uh, the things just fall away. Yeah. And, and some people may be naturally good at that. I think there are people who can just naturally switch off maybe in situations like that. But I, I definitely am not one of them. Definitely not. I have a really bad temper naturally. So I, I have a tendency to fucking just absolutely let people have it which I've been working on for a long time. So for me, it was quite obvious um, that, that it was, yeah, an effect. But uh, I'll take it. There's something else that I... <clears throat> Sorry, you got... That I did recently. I won't give the details, but basically it's the kind of... Uh, the other way of this. So like you you don't react as much. You, I was in a, like a stressful situation. People were annoying me <laughs> that, I, mm. that I needed to not to get annoyed by and for you know social reasons yeah i wonder what this uh, could be you know like in a, in a, in a talk yeah. in a tactical way not um sure. in a, not in a fearful way you know so mm. i tried that i tried i was perfectly able to inhibit it all and um not the other things but it wasn't actually working so i judiciously uh deliberately used a little bit of active um temper tantrum to have an effect that did, did go what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, in this case, stopped what I wanted to stop. Uh, if I tried to talk about it, it wouldn't have worked. If I tried to ignore it, it wouldn't have worked. I actually, the, the communications, uh, the level of communication that was required to deal with that situation was uh, displaying a little bit of emotional temper tantrum. That was mm. the only thing that worked. Mm. So, like, I could never have done that back in the old days. I was just like tempered on him immediately. You know, I'm like, mm. I'm maybe not as angry. <laughs> maybe it's not as tempered as you, but I was pretty angry back when I was young. Mm. And um, and then there I went through a while of being able to hold it in, but it was more like kind of fearful, holding the avoided yeah. reactions, that kind of thing. It's not really, it's like just a different kind of weakness, really. And um, and then later doing this kind of work, things fell away. It just didn't bother me. And then, but sometimes 
because other people haven't, they're not doing these work, this kind of work. You sometimes they can only understand on a certain on a, a kind of emotional level. Well, yeah. don't go over the top. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not that the but where does this where does that tempered on energy come from? Was it there and I was holding it down, or did yeah. I allow it? It's it's you don't really know. I no. just thought um, this is the best way to deal with it. But I mean, that's like that's layers of detachment that you just don't have. Most people don't won't have naturally. I definitely didn't. Um, that doing this work and other work uh, allowed me to have. And there's also a control of your internal dialogue. Hmm. You don't just do these things without thinking words in your head. Hmm. It's just they're happening so quick, or you're visualizing things, or whatever. You this work gives you control over those things. You can they're just not happening, like you said to you, it just wasn't appearing. Or you can make it appear. You can use it when you need to as a tool, rather than it dominating you, and and um, you're just reacting to to these uh, physiological habits that you have, mind hmm. and body habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's. Um, I never yeah. thought of myself as shark. I should have thought of myself as the the, the shark shark <laughs> mode. Shark mindset. Yeah, shark. It's it's the way. It's it's definitely the way. Um, and it's not like you don't. Yeah. It's not like you don't feel the emotions. You know, when you you learn, you detach more from them. It's not like you become a zombie and you don't have them. No, no. They just um, don't dominate you. Yeah, or they appear and they disappear. They go. They go away quickly. They just appear. They're like they have peaks and they go appear, go appear, go. They don't um, hang around and stew, which I used to really have the stewing mm. thing for a long time. Yeah. Uh, if same. I didn't deal with them, and then like two weeks later, the temper it would all come out two weeks later, you know, <laughs> be a dick about it. Something annoyed me, and then two weeks later, I would have a spasm about it. It took me a long time to connect the two things together. Yeah. Just like my emotional childishness, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, but now they just come and go. And, uh, you, uh, this can be really annoying for other people, by the way. If you say, yeah, if you get annoyed, yeah, yeah. you know, like an interaction with somebody, and you say something, and then now it's over for you, and you can't understand why they're not letting it go now. Like, it's over, it's done. <laughs> and they're like, it's not done. You did it. You're like, but for you now, you don't care. It's over. Yeah. And I'm like, I just let off steam, and I'm, you know, kale's yeah. boiled. I'm fine. Yeah, it's a particular gender that uh, enjoys, <laughs> well, doesn't enjoy that actually. Um, yeah, that you know. Uh, I was just thinking the Buddha, the Buddha had this saying that if you, if you get angry, you only really injure yourself. And I think that's kind of true because you have the choice, well, not a choice, but you have the ability to be less affected by other people. And I think it's probably a good idea in today's world to, to be less affected by other people and just to realize that it's yeah, just it's, it's chimp, chimp chirps or sorry, chimps don't chirp, do they? monkey chirps um and uh there's no real advantage to stewing over things and carrying them around you're just going to do yourself physiological damage it's a waste of energy and you can use it on 100 million useful things other than just being a fucking dickhead and i know there's there's chimp out um uh maxes on online that i've seen people that believe in chimping out um and maybe there's something to that if you chimp out at the moment get it out of your system but it's not really what i see i just see people just fucking holding on to things getting pissed off about news like just 
<laughs> quite, quite, well, uh, quite just self-loathing on levels I've never seen, to be honest. And that's not a good Chris way to Chris Fryer was talking about this. He was saying about uh, rumination. Look up what rumination, rumination is. You know? So we think of ruminating, you're just ruminating, thinking over and over about something. But rumination is from ruminant animals, which is they're chewing the grass, chewing the grass, swallow it, spew it up a little bit, and then chew it again. You know, to process is that where it, it comes from? So really? Huh. Ruminate, ruminating is them. Um, is uh is that kind of uh yeah is down Chewing but not really down and then it bugged up and then bugged down you know like so this is yeah, what yeah. people are doing with emotional stuff there yeah. it comes back out resurfaces and then they put it back down and resurface you know they're not yeah. actually um dealing with it or digesting it uh, is, is that legitimately uh, where it comes from the ruminant animal and, uh, a like ruminant yeah it's like yeah, a okay. it's like a sheep Cow or, or a, yeah. a deer yeah, okay. yeah. really um, huh. I, I had no idea it's it's a word I use a lot. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I I did a an essay on rumination, um, uh, and it it's physiological correlates, which obviously ruminating is a feature of sympathetic dominance in the body. So if you want to look at it from a purely physiological standpoint, it means your sympathetic nervous system is being upregulated. Uh, which means you're probably breathing in a very shallow fashion. You're probably hunched over. Uh, your heart rate is not variable, which means it's it's doing all the work because you're not breathing properly. And you're in a fight or flight uh, state of body and mind, which is which is why you're having the rumination experience and the anger and all the emotions go go along with chronic sympathetic dominance. And it's actually quite easy to break out of that. Like if if you look at the body in that way, then all you need to do is to downregulate uh, that that tendency, which is very easily done. But you know, it's interesting because there's this other element elements where you get caught up in the the reality of your thoughts. You think they're real. You think the thing that you're ruminating over is worth ruminating over, and you don't see yourself from a, a perspective of being a physiological being who can literally change that experience whenever you want to you can just change you don't even need to have it and there's almost like a fetish uh, fetishization of rumination in some circles like like it's who can who can fucking ruminate the most on this piece of news i'm just gonna sit here and get fucking angry online and just fucking ruminate but if you if you were to observe yourself and what's going on you're just in a jacked up sympathetic physiological state and the product of your mind is really just a product of your body in in that in in that physiological state and you can change that very quickly even without doing this work you can change it you know all you need to do is short circuit it and the way that you short circuit it really is just doing the opposite so slowing down your breathing go and look at a vista for a little while get out of the situation you're in there's just no need to be that way it's unhealthy um, and it's self-defeating and there's absolutely no reason for it. It's just a, a negative mode of being, I think, uh, that a lot of people get stuck yes. in. It's so, tough and that's how you create more freedom for yourself. You, you do it and you yeah. do it indirectly like this, you know, you, yeah. you work on things like that and then the, the problems start going away or you have more options in certain situations and you don't react to things. It's don't, yeah. but the, the pool is you try to directly deal with them. You know, you try and treat the symptom all the time. Yeah, you have certain yeah. feelings, certain thoughts. You try and change it to other thoughts, or like affirmations. You'll see the opposite of that thought, which does nothing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you like it just adds another layer. Uh, 
if you, you know, it's like if you constantly getting certain types of injuries and you just constantly, you know, the, the band-aid kind of uh, metaphor that people say, you're just putting on a band-aid and not dealing with the real cause of it. And um, uh, you'll just, uh, these things, there's just more layers to be fixed later, you know, and then yeah. you have like, you do something to avoid a bad feeling rather than do this kind of work, which will get rid of the source of the bad feeling. You know, it's like, um, uh, but you just have to trust it to, what to do its work over time you can't hmm. uh some things you can do directly but a lot of it just is just to do the indirect work and all the while though part of you will be trying to get you to stop doing it because it doesn't want this kind of changes to happen yeah that's the other hard that's the other trick that you, especially when you're young you just find yourself drifting something else yeah you think some... it's for reasons but really it's emotional you're avoiding what was coming next you're about to have some kind of reach something you don't want to see yeah uh <laughs> That happens a lot. Or unless you treat it like an extreme sport and you actually you're looking for that thing. <laughs> you go for it. Yeah. So I do I did that for a while. You know, like yeah, try to yeah. find the worst, most horrible thing and you can really make yourself feel miserable. But if if you're doing it as a for the extreme sport mentality, you can get away with it. But if you're doing it thinking that um if you're doing it to feel good in the moment, you're you're just not gonna do it. You're gonna yeah. do something else. Yeah, it's uh, or you'll do what I did one time was I um, was doing kind of undoing related work and then um, feeling pretty good and went straight out and uh, picked a fight with somebody. <laughs> Did you? So for no reason in a bar. Yeah, yeah. Stay Did away. you win? Because I was like, I was, no, it didn't kick off, but it was like uh. totally absurd reasons, absurd situation. It was just totally random. And, um, and uh, the, no, I don't mean a random person, somebody I knew, but the, a little bit, you know. I didn't, I don't actually like them though, but again, I was, not reacting to the not liking it. So anyway, when it um I don't think it was them. They were just being their annoying normal self. What happened was I was I'd reached some level where I the annoying the, the stuff I didn't want to see was there and then I was just immediately kicking it off against somebody else rather than to to see the next thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh so you can get that too. You have to be careful with some of this stuff because you're parts of you will react and change your behavior in ways that you can't predict. Which is good in many ways, but in some ways you'll you can get yourself in trouble. If you're in a like a real job, you could fuck up your job by saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. Which from a perspective of freedom <laughs> Yeah, I mean yeah, it's it's difficult. You, you need to so I think in the course material he always says you need something to hang on to. Um so daily disciplines and uh yeah, various other things that kind of help you get through those parts that are that are more difficult. Um, but you're right, it's not fail fail safe. Definitely you could you can go on weird tangents, put it that way. <laughs> you can go on did really hear someone talking <clears throat> I forget who, but somebody was saying that they'd been doing uh bioenergetics work, you know, the the stuff from Reich's followers. Yeah. Uh it's under loan and it's the name that kind of oh, stuff yeah. they were doing those that, sure. they were saying work like that makes them uh the, the people they saw doing that were uh it was making them quite angry those people <laughs> getting aggressive they were doing that work so i don't know how advanced they were but that was uh whatever that that stuff does was making people more um yes. getting kind of angry because they were talking about the the behaviors yeah. of different people doing different systems you yeah. know this group is more like this and this group's more hmm. like this that kind of thing you know like yeah 
Uh, kind of self-selecting in a way, because you know the the Jungians are going to be more mystical type of people, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Reikians are probably more sexual people, uh, or, or whatever. So um, maybe the bioenergetics, the people who like doing that. So low and slamming your fists on the on the bed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think that's that's it. So Lowen, he I I think in his later years. Not so much, but he was one of those guys that went into the the primal therapy kind of thing that happened. Ah, okay, so maybe it was mixed up with that then, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense because if you're sitting there just getting angry, um, yeah, you're going to be angry. (laughs) You know, it's going to be the way you, you know, you have to get the repressed emotions out. He, He was part of the repressed emotions crew, which as we all know now is... You know, nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. But, You're um, creating yeah. this. Yeah, it's assuming yeah. that the emotion is there, huge inside you, and you need to get it out. And it's yeah, gone yeah. like a latent steam of. But actually, it was small, and by trying to get rid of it, you're actually creating it and making yeah. it big. Yeah, I put uh, that actually that. in the in the Riker video. I don't know if you watched that whole introduction, but there was there was this awesome video of this guy uh, that I found online. He must have been doing some species of Lowen esque body work, you know, one of those guys that was big on primal scream therapy and all that sort of, you know, cathartic thing that people do. And he absolutely lost it. It was, it was hilarious. If, if it's at the end of that video. So if you go and watch just that introduction, it's he's at the end and man, he fucking chimps out like he's smashing trees, rips his shirt off, just running around <laughs> screaming. It's hilarious. I had to put it in there because Honestly, I was laughing for about 10 minutes, particularly when you know how unnecessary it is. So yeah, if, <laughs> if someone is saying that, that those people are angry, then yeah, they, they are pretty angry by the looks of things. I did all though after that description, I think I want to do it now. Yeah, it could be good. It could be good. He looked, out a tree. <laughs> he looked happy afterwards. I'll, I'll give him that. He worked something off. I'm not sure what. But... I mean, there's a version of this in politics now, the, the people just screaming it. Going to protest and screaming nonstop and thinking that they're doing something, you know. Yeah, it could be an inheritance. It could be an inheritance from that whole thing because that, you know, that kind of tied into that woke culture in some ways. It went into that, Um, and yeah, you're right. You see those like girls at a demonstration or whatever, and they're just screaming their lungs out, like just going hysterical. It could be, yeah, an inherit an inheritance from that that stream of. uh, self-expression whatever you want to call it but uh yeah you do see it a lot see it like when trump won i think some of it may also be like magical thinking you know it's like an occult thing almost where they think that it that's like a spell you know they if they get enough Mm -hmm. of them to do it it sort of transmits energy and changes things you know yeah this is my Um, pain you got to hear you got to acknowledge my pain (laughs) yeah it's it's weird it's weird i think these people in all fairness though they're what they're doing is is no worse than the ultra intellectual guy commenting very smart comments about whatever the political drama of the day is (laughs) yeah no it's reactive yeah it's a different part they're they're focusing on a different part of their psychophysiology is is in the is in charge one of them's kind of more body emotional one of them's more intellectual cognitive but Mm. it's like the same kind of thing it's just um, venting the things that are out of your power and convincing yourself that this is giving you more power or pretending you're changing things. Making um, making sounds. 
coming, yeah, coming back mean, to the original thing, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Making signs or making symbols of science, and what's the difference? It's just like slightly more abstract yeah. version of the same thing. Granting, stamping your feet, granting, uh, saying basic words, uh, saying very sophisticated words. It's just a continuum. Yeah, but you know, the witty guy that made the comments, he's going to change the world. Don't you understand this, Kevin? He's he, that comment, that one comment. He doesn't even have to do anything in real life. Like he can literally just make tweets and words and sounds, and that's going to fundamentally change the entire world. That's what I hear. That's what I hear is going to happen, which is good. It's a pretty low energy investment when you think about it. It's it's actually it's a good payoff, right? You, you can bring down we, governments. We, we, mock, we mock all the time, but the like the the word based, you know, your word based. Activism, it's not really activism, it's more kind of, I don't know what it is, but the word based uh, emotional self therapy stuff <laughs> um, that people use politics for. Um, but it's sad though because a lot of them are really like wasting themselves. Oh, totally. uh, they really could this be doing, is, doing things, they really thing. spend so much time and energy on it that they yeah. could really be doing something that does something, but they're not because they yeah. think that it it's making a difference. I mean, it's like the most comical thing, one of the most comical things I saw is, is uh, it was like the facet when they were like, you know, somebody gets elected and then they're going through that drama where they're picking different people for different parts of the government, you know, that kind of thing. They're yeah. selecting all the ministers for this and this and this. And everyone's, everyone's like joining, everyone online joining in the debate about why this guy, not that guy, you know, this guy's good, they should do this, oh, that's great, they got this one, oh, that's bad, they got this one. As if it has any bearing on what happens, you know, like none, it's none of their, it's yeah. no one cares what they think. It's not going to make any difference to what happens, no, what they say. No. So it's just like cheerleader, not even cheerleaders, cheerleaders are a form of a function. They look good. Running commentary in a way. Like a yeah, it's just like a little, yeah. 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 It's a, a guy bit of crazy vagrant on the side of the, on the side of the track who no one's listening to. <laughs> it's more like that. Yeah. He's not even being broadcast. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, but they yeah. really got into as if it mattered, as if it mattered anyway. And, and like, so I'm not saying you can't get in, do these, do uh, start doing these things and making changes. You can, but sitting chirping on the Twitter isn't doing doing things. You know, you yeah. go and get those jobs and do the fucking thing if you want to change it. Yeah. Um, I I was um just quickly on that. I've got an essay coming this week on this very topic about distraction and the human brain and how it likes distraction in the same way you were talking about the forager brain and, and, and Dr. Hyatt, <clears throat> it, you know, where we are, we like to be distracted. And the problem is distraction is ubiquitous in the species and Twitter and stuff like that. It's just, it's feeding that tendency. Um, and yeah, I, I see the young guys and yeah, they, they may, they've got a thousand followers, you know, they make funny tweets, whatever. Okay, good. But like, you can tell they're online constantly, like they're on fucking making hundreds of tweets and the amount, the time costs, right? So, so if your guys our age, you have some idea of how close death is <laughs> and how, how little time you actually have to achieve something like good. Like it's actually, you don't have that much capacity to achieve that much. At the end of the day, you, you don't really. Not as much as, at least when compared to 
what you think you can do and all the things you want to do compared to that what you can do is extraordinarily limited and when i look back at all the time i wasted i'm like fuck like i i see them doing the same thing and I'm like don't don't do it that's why i make these posts because i'm like i i can see you you're being distracted because of your brain that's what your brain wants it wants to be distracted don't do it face facts just do something real in reality turn it off if you've got to do it go on for half an hour a day or something fine but even your stated aims of political change which is what they all want like even for that as you say I know people in power, they don't give a fuck about any of this shit. Like they don't, they don't f they fucking even know what these people are talking about half the time. And I, and I hear the other argument, oh, you know, they're sending billionaires, they're sending people online to take us down. And, and sure, there are probably elements of that. But overall, that's not what's going to change things. And someone, if, if the, even if you're right and it does something, it still means that someone is going to have to do something to fucking do the change. So so while you, you guys are all comfortable online doing verbal activism and inserting yourself in the, the great causal chain of cause and effect, which, which is probably bollocks, some poor fucker is going to have to actually go out and do something. You know, at some point, someone's going to have to do something. That's what's going to change something. Um, so yeah, I'm not sold on it. I think it's diminishing. I think it's a uh, distraction. Uh, I think the brain wants to be distracted because it's primitive. It's how primitive people survived through foraging and uh, distraction was novel. But these days we have complex tasks that we want to achieve as, as individuals. It takes a long time, takes a lot of failure, takes a lot of unpleasant feelings that you need to work through. And uh, yeah, everything like Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is, it could be um, working out too much. It could be several, there are several ways that you can be distracted away from things that you should be doing. Um, really needs to be looked at. Uh, and if, yeah, if you're a young guy and you're doing that, just I, I urge you to reconsider because you are going to diminish what you're capable of before death uh, at the end of the day, because, yeah, you know, yeah. just quickly on that, sorry, I, I just one more thing with this rant. The other, the other thing I was saying the other night is your, your experience is, is all you have as a human being. That's, that's literally all it is. So when you go to your grave, all, all you're going to remember and the contents of your life is literally just your experience. So if your experience is looking at a fucking screen for your entire life, I don't know about you, but that's not the way I would want to live my life particularly. Um, so if you, if you have that and you, and you understand finally that your life is your experience and that's all it is, then you can start to make decisions from a slightly different point of view. But uh, anyway, sorry, I just had to get that in at the end. I think it's important. But anyway, continue. That's exactly okay. it, yeah. No, it's, it's exactly, well, I mean, I was interrupting you, as I always do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like if, you, if you've recorded it, if you had a drone flying around recording them on your PC, you see a guy 
on his phone, you see a guy on the computer, you see a guy go back to the computer, back on the phone, yeah. but yeah. goes to the bathroom, makes sense, he, <laughs> he goes back, you know, that's, that's really what happens. So what, what's happening on the other side of that is he's feeding into all these online dramas that are then being used by the people in power to do what they want anyway. So they just like, it's, they're actually feeding the thing that they say they don't want all yeah. the time. They're just part yeah. of it. You know, they're like, um, I, I don't know if there's a way to get involved online in politics without uh, just feeding the existing machine, basically. I don't know if it's possible. I think you just get tangled into it. I think you'd have to, if you're using it as a tool to actually really do things in real life and bring, become the leader somewhere or something, that maybe that's different. But if you're just being another commenter, comment, commentator, uh, I don't see how you can, uh, you're not just feeding it, no matter what you say. But actually, this content is irrelevant. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's irrelevant. But also, I don't think yeah. just zoning out and living in the woods, I don't think that's all either. You know, like, or getting a homestead in somewhere. Like, I think that's a lot of fantasy too. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's, it's more it's, complex, it, but yeah. it's also more simple. It's yeah. just like, it's going to be a few people who change their local places yeah. by uh, leading. It's going to require leaders. And what the strangest thing about a lot of the young guys is they will say and accept that, you know, they or often they'll say, you know, most people are idiots, <laughs> that they don't, yeah. they're not smart enough to understand what, how things really work and stuff mm. like that. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. But they're on there trying to persuade all these people they say are idiots to have their <laughs> point of view. So if you think an idiot is going to have your point of view, then you're obviously also an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're uh, either start being the people who are doing things because um, you can't change things. If you're a strong, like, you know, people with strong visions and uh, a knack for practical uh, manipulation of people can definitely do things. Yeah. Um, they do. But there's just not that many of them. It's not most people. Most people aren't interested. They just want to live. They just want to get, you know, have a, yeah. get decent money from their doing a decent job and be with someone they love and, and you know have kids or whatever it is. They just want to do normal things. Uh, most people, they'll like either do that and shop or do <laughs> to do something um, constructive. You know? Yeah, not yeah. A, a lot of the young guys, because they're so chronically online, they have a demented view of how this shit works i don't think they get the game actually i think probably it's the most menacing element of twitter is or any of these platforms is it, it may it it takes you out of the game first of all because you think that you're doing something by just lazily sitting on your ass but it also means that all the time that you could have to spend on learning what the game is and and like any hierarchy or thing politics has its own way that it works and the way that it works needs to be learned and it's going to take someone obviously not the guys online because they don't, they're, they're above that they don't need to do anything but it, it, first of all you, it takes years to learn how systems work who the power brokers are um, and then of course you need you need to polish yourself up so you need to be acceptable to the people that just want to have, uh, just want to grill and have babies and stuff, because you're going to need them in the end if you want to make the changes that you say you do. I know we, you know, there's all these guys who are like, oh well, we'll just take it over like the brown shirts, and you know, like that's what we'll fucking do. 
Yeah, probably not. Maybe at some point that might be possible, but it's not going to happen at the moment because people are fat and well-fed and happy, and that's not going to happen right now, I don't think. Um, so, so and also all those things behind the scenes as guys with all the money making those things happen anyway. It's not like... Totally, it's, yeah. They're not like ground swells up of like organic no. things. Everything no, no, no. is always like there's some guys with money giving people money in the background, you know? They might be spreading all the money all over the place, but it yeah, yeah. only happens because somebody's giving the gold. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other problem is the stuff that does happen, uh, I was telling you about it, I think, in another episode. There were these guys here that dressed up and... <laughs> in these menacing clothes and we're like you know doing these this pageantry this pageantry and burlesque ridiculous behavior but this this is what i mean so they're they're so demented because of what they see online that they can't see that the path is actually quite a simple one it's quite a tangible one it just means you have to get involved in politics and work your way up the hierarchy like anyone else would be skillful
and Machiavellian. And then maybe if you had the right charisma and you're a good public speaker and you have and you've been polishing all those attributes that you would see in a good leader, then then you will have a chance to make big change. But it's not going to happen from this stupid shit online. Um, these fantasies of revolution are just that. They're fantasies. They're not going to happen. The average person doesn't know about these ideas. They don't care about these ideas. They just care about their house prices um, and, uh, and grilling and football. And you potentially, if you present yourself in a stupid way, are just getting, getting in the way of that. And just to tie it all back to this work, because it kind of is, if, if you do care about something and you want to go and do something, then you, you need to learn new skills. You need to get out of your own way. Um, you're going to have to polish your shoes, put on a tie. You're going to have to go to Toastmasters or something and learn skills, learn uh, how, to, how to speak publicly, learn how to keep yourself back so not to just react to something because if you're going to climb a hierarchy take it from me you're not going to be able to be honest or chimp out all the time you're going to have to play a long uh game where you don't show yourself and your true intentions that's just what everyone in politics has to do right like you can't you can't be that way um so you, you can see what i'm saying you've got to learn all these things that perhaps you don't initially have and perhaps are unpalatable to you and, and a part of that is getting out of your own way and, and learning things, uh, getting offline and polishing yourself up to be the next Napoleon, because otherwise it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Maybe some of the people online think that they, they will be able to play, especially with Twitter, they'll be able to play a role as a kind of, um, you know, the guy in Lord of the Rings, Wormtown, you know, where they're whispering <laughs> in the king's ear kind of thing, you know, especially yeah, all the, like, you know, the especially with Elon Musk on there, you know, like, so people think yeah. that they, they can maybe whisper in the king's ear and they can make things happen that way. So, I mean, you can influence people a lot easier now than you used to be able to, obviously. Yeah, you know, true. you don't need to yeah. talk your way into the court of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, but you can, um, uh, you know, you can't knock this and people starve. But, I mean, with Elon Musk, people make an edit as well. They think oh, he's just sure. another guy on Twitter. Twittering. No, it's, Twitter is a tool for him. Yeah. It's like it's a tool for his main sure thing. Is. You know, it's like he's using it in certain ways. He's talking about certain ways to create, to make certain things happen that is not necessarily what's in the tweet. You know, this yeah, is a people, exactly. you know, people always engage with the content. He could be saying something else in general, like billionaires, what they say makes a difference to markets and stuff like that. So why mm. would you think they're saying what they really mean? <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. that's just common sense practical if you think about it. What, like yeah. everything they say, people, things happen based on what they say. So they... So you can say two things or two things. I actually think I know what he's up to because I heard this theory the other day. So, so obviously, to train AIs, you need a shitload of data, right? So the more data you've got access to, the better. So the, the theory <clears throat> that this guy put forward, and he, he had all these other things as well, all this evidence as, you know, that this is what he's up to. But he's uh, training an AI, and I think everyone knows that. And, and probably the reason that he bought Twitter was actually to have all the conversations of importance in the world in one database that he could use to train his AI. Um, and when you train an AI, you don't want 
everything just to be one way. So for example, you don't want just liberals being retards. Like you probably want uh, quite a big spread of different conversations and different opinions. So part of him liberalizing uh, Twitter is more so that he's liberalizing the data set. Like he's making it more equal uh, with a wider range of opinions and information because that's going to make the AI that he's training better. Um, and at $44 billion, which is what he bought it for, that's actually a bit of a steal to have access to that much data, that many conversations, that many opinions, that much news. If you think about it, Twitter has all the information in the world of importance for an AI to learn from. And uh, I think that, that kind of gives you insight into, you know, people call it four-dimensional chess, do they? Uh, don't they? These people play is is maybe he doesn't maybe he's ambivalent towards free speech maybe he thinks it's a value maybe he does maybe it doesn't he doesn't but it kind of doesn't matter because practically what he's probably doing is for him and his benefit <laughs> it's training a fucking computer algorithm based on on all this data i actually think for that reason he's going to flip twitter it's for maybe four or five X what he bought it for in a couple of years. That's my feeling. And he's going to have an AI that's going to be better than any other AI probably on the market at certain things, which who, who can calculate what that's worth? I mean, that's going to be out of control. There you go. There's a little bit of a different perspective for you. Just yes. saying that the AI is, uh, probably the main reason he cares about free speech is because he needs a wider range of opinions to train it. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're trying to bounce off opposite points of view. And um, you like when he says things like, you know, he's, he's, he's his thing just now about uh, uh, you need more regulation of AIs because it's going to get out, AIs getting out of control and that. That's just yeah, uh, chocolate competition. That's all that is. Yeah, totally. So it's not like, it's like that kind of thing. You know, it's like... Um, that's no different from Warren Buffett saying, "Yeah, yeah, of course the government needs the government needs to bail out the banks because he fucking yeah. owned one of them." It's like, it's like, but they didn't see that they were having them all over the news. Oh, he's a wise man, having looked up him. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. sure, he's wise at one thing, but he's um, self-interest. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, so it masks the same with the AI staff. I'm pretty sure. So that what you were saying there makes perfect sense. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's just he, part of another thing, and there's a lot more than forty-four billion to be made from uh, the AI stuff. Oh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's going to seem like peanuts. Um, absolutely nothing. And like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at all his stuff, he talks about Mars all the time. The Mars is the big dream, and the gets the you know the, the tickles people's romantic imagination about traveling in the stars and all the stuff. Yeah. But actually, look at what he's doing. It's yeah, controlled neurons. It's satellites, plus uh, low orbit satellite things that are everything interlinked. It's all like security state, big brother apparatus is what's been yeah. actually been built. I'm not yeah. saying he's doing that, but that's what he's consciously aiming at. I don't mean that. I just mean that's what's happening. Uh, yeah. But the talk is of Mars, which is a very difficult place to go and to live and to take people in the lab and they have no good mind. Getting more sunshine and living on Mars don't go together. You know, so I don't yeah. know how people are gonna how this is gonna be solved. But anyway, different issue. No.
Um, they, so yeah, so there's all this stuff. Uh, and plus, to be able to do things like launch a rocket, you need to be closely involved with uh, the deep state, or whatever you want to call it, mm. people there. So you can't be too not aligned with them to be even allowed to do that stuff. You have to get licenses Absolutely. for all this stuff. You know, you have yeah. to work with all them, those people to get stuff. I mean, NASA is obviously an interesting organization. They're not like, they're kind of government, but kind of got their own things going on too. Uh, they're weird. But, um, so, you know, he has to work with all those kind of things. And it's like, it's, it's not the game people think it is. No. And it's like, no. you know, one side thinks it's just this rich guy trying to get the, people to be allowed to say bad stuff. And the other thing is this rich guy is going to save these speech and all that. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be for this, this other things. You know, he's, yeah. he's like a technical person. He's like a, a, a geek kind of guy who wants to enter, who wants to link everything up together and do this cool stuff, you know, but mm. who's going to be left with all the linked up stuff. It's going to be bad people wanting to do bad stuff. You know, that's mm. who will have it after, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be dystopian about it. It's just, is what's happening. It's like, uh, the apparatus is there. It's just, you know, who's going to be running it? Who's going to be in charge of it? Because there will be quite a few people who kind of in charge of it. Yeah. You could become one of those people, I suppose, but you won't do it by commenting on Twitter about who's going to be the next secretary of blah, blah government, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, who cares? Unless yeah. you become the secretary, then yeah, that's interesting, but you probably yeah. aren't going to. <laughs> no. Very interesting guy. I'd like to sound him out one day. Yeah. Find out what he's really up to. Not that he'd tell me, I guess. But yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of it, he's, I mean, it's whether he's in on it, whether he's on the same side really as the government people, which I don't think he is, or whether he's like, thinks he can play them off. He thinks he can, um, uh, he knows that they want to just run lower, lower but space and have all the weapons in the air and to run the, you know, it's like the, the satellites or the new shipping lanes, basically, you know, in mm. the sky. I mean, whoever controls all the satellites will control everything, all the financial systems down on Earth and stuff like that. So the obviously the Americans and the Chinese are not at all competing with each other for this. And, uh, you know, whoever's got the high ground, you know, normal warfare, whoever has the high ground has the most power. So everyone's like space, space, space. And, uh, it's all about like war and uh, power on earth but to get the money and to get people to agree to all the stuff you have to have the vision exciting let's go to mars and we'll go to look in the stars and all the stuff you know that's what gets people on board and agrees with spending the money yeah uh, so whether he just thinks he's using them to try and get the vision which i think he does think that you know i think he's i think he's uh sincere about you need to save the species by having another life on another planet and stuff like that you know he even he even likes david bowie that mm. must be true <laughs> um so he's like but uh whether he can you know you can play off those guys i don't know because like yeah. uh there's they'll just use the things that hit the charismatic guy gets things happening and then they just um usurp it as they do with everything else like yeah. one thing in our sphere sometimes a meme or whatever will make uh, will reach a, a powerful level. So some meme is reflected. The government will say something, or Biden, or whoever. There's some meme that started by some guy on Twitter, or whatever, or you know, forum, or whatever. Uh, and they think this is the result. This is the opposite of the result. That's the thing being co-opted and used against. That's now been vaporized. Been um, word. Uh, not vaporized, but uh, 
God, getting tired now. Can't even, can't even remember the word. Neutralized. They've neutralized the meme now because they just own the meme. You know, yeah. it's not. It's not like your meme has changed them. It's total opposite. They're just like, look, we have so much power. We'll just take all these things on that you say, and it's gone, deflected. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's total fantasy to think that this is. Um, these are like positive results. It's the opposite. Yeah. A positive result would be something changing, not them yeah. Yeah. laughing back your meme at you. You know, it's like it's you're being mocked. Yeah. You know, yeah, you didn't they, win. You're being mocked. You you almost like you need an opposition politically. Um, so the more the more burlesque you can make the enemy for your voting public, the better. This is same thing with those kids. I was trying to explain to them, like, like the reason they're amplifying you is because they want you to do it. Like they want you to look like an extremist. They want you to look stupid, and they want you. They want to use you to associate um, you guys with ideas that at the end of the day are probably quite palatable to the average person, actually, if they're put in the right way. Um, so please, <laughs> I don't think they're worried at all. I think they just use it. I mean, I, I think they clearly do. They don't give a shit about which side of which political side they use it against either. You know, no. like in the, yeah. in the 2000s, yeah. there was against one side, all the like, you know, uh, a certain Bush. American government agency yeah. would yeah. just make up so you know they would just um create create um <laughs> uh you know they would just um create these groups and then the, the four of them would be in the in the government agency one of them would be the real person and then the rest of the person <laughs> who just went along with their made up thing I used to happen to one group in the 2000s now it's a different group now it's the same story, but the same people, the same machine in the middle, doing it to both sides, but the two sides don't realize that the same things happen to them. Yeah. Uh, that that's what they do. And they think that they're like, it's like a evil genius. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, um, and I'm not like, I'm not into all this stuff. And I, it's just so obvious that this is what's happening. It, it amazes me that more people don't realize that. And then um, uh, it's the divide and conquer thing. It's really um, clever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, I do think, with the young guys, you can understand because they're just like they think, they just don't think in that way. I, you know, I think of them probably a lot of them just because they're young, they haven't been in professional environments, maybe, and they just don't really understand how how to present yourself to get a result or how to, you know, be professional to sway people. So what are we gonna do? We'll dress up like idiots and make fools of ourselves on national tv and some of them still consider it a victory they still think it's awesome i'm just like bro like you guys are not getting the game you don't understand the game i mean if you take the analogy with the police you know like people will say whatever you say to the police will be used against you you know yeah. like whatever yes. you say yeah. will be used against yeah. you it's better to say nothing or like because it doesn't matter how true it is, it'll be used against you in some way. Yeah. It'll be used yeah. to try and trip you up or, or corp, corp, uh, box you into a corner or something. Yeah. Well, it's the yeah. same with the, the political stuff for governments. You're, everything you do will be used against you in some way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So they do the opposite of what you intended. It. And it happens to both sides, but because everyone's only seeing their own side, they don't, like the, the, the far ends of each side, it happens to both. And then mm. if it's in the middle, it's safe enough. So either side of the middle is okay, and they let them have their little... Um, play fight against each other, um, and then the real dangerous people on the extremes uh, uh, get neutralized. Yeah, um, yeah, and it ties in again. So you got to ask yourself, as as someone like in these circles, you know, Hyatt would say, 
that that the main concern of the species is nesting, congesting, and digesting. And that really anything that gets in the way of that, no one's going to bother with at all because they don't care about it. So you have to ask yourself, if you're going along with these, you know, you know, Nietzschean or traditionalist ideals, and you have these big political structures that you're going to somehow impose <laughs> on the masses, how you're going to do that is, is another matter. But that, that's not what the game of the animal is. The, that's not what the animal does. The animal overall just wants to be comfortable. It just wants to have a couple of babies and you have a job, I guess. It's all, all it really cares about. And I guess you look at historical examples of political systems that have failed and just the absolute excess that they went to, like just the the poverty that people experienced or the, you know, the political violence and repression and, and the absolute levels it had to get to before the, the average man did anything about it. Like, it's pretty crazy to think about what some people toler tolerated before they they bothered doing anything about it. I just feel like the fundamental goal of what a lot of people on here think is possible is diluted for that reason. Like I just, I can't see how you're going to do it. There's also this idea that all you need is, a, you know, 13 motivated men, uh, which I agree with, but I, I feel like that's not until things go really, really badly, then that becomes a possibility. So, so in the meantime, I just feel like they're going about it the wrong way. Like, uh, to be honest, uh, I, I just don't get it. I really can't understand the, the strategy or like, I'd like to ask these people, so what are you going to do? Like practically map out to me, like what, what are you, what's your plan? How are you going to do it? Do you understand how this system works? Like, are you all just going to barge into Canberra or Glasgow and fucking pick it? parliament until they let you in like what are you going to do even that we do even that doesn't do it because nah, it's like the, the structures of west <laughs> of like they, yeah. they're not they're not really run by those places anymore you know it's not like you can you can't do a, like a coup d'etat in the west yeah. like that the networks like, are not, not yeah, in, different right yeah they're not obvious. yeah it's not like oh we'll all just bunker out and take over <laughs> like you can't give like they, they can't be like take over one few uh, like a few buildings and then now they're start running things it just wouldn't work like that no. it's more it's too complex yeah. and, and, and uh, tying, it, tying it all back just on that point so, so okay so if this is the case and you can't do it so what are you doing being distracted by all this right like what are you what are you fucking wasting your time for? <laughs> so what, what do yeah. you do, Kevin? What do you do? Well, to go back to Dr. Hyatt, I mean, he's, yeah. his thing was, obviously he's kind of an extreme libertarian type of mindset, but his idea was you just worked on yourself. You, he has a phrase where he says, make a little money, have a little fun, and do a little good along the way, but don't do too much good mm. because you'll get in trouble for doing too much good. So his thing was more kind of, Avoid the headlights, uh, you know, like um, do your thing, uh, you know, live a life, but also, you know, work on yourself and try and uh, help evolution and create something new and um, undo yourself. Um, in that sense, you know, in a very sort of selfish, in a positive sense way, uh, but also do things that help other people that mark you uh, in the ways that you can. And um, uh, if you really have such small, 
such a low opinion of the masses and the average person. Mm. Why are you spending so much time worrying about what they're doing? Yeah. Um, you should be trying to do your thing and avoid them, avoid repercussions as best you can. Yeah. Uh, and at certain times, I mean, like even talking about, like it's certain many times in history, talking about uh, like self change is dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here. This is not like a podcast about politics. We're not like political activist people at all. We're like we're interested in we're psychophysical activists yeah. uh, rather than political activists. So like uh, the reason we're talking about it is because our everybody's that's what everybody's obsessed with. So we're just starting with where people are and realizing a lot of that uh, deluding yourself over what power you have to change things is actually you actually do have that power over yourself in more ways than you realize. Uh, but you have it over the outer structures less than you realize. However, if you get more power and change yourself over time, you would actually have more control and power over those things later. Um, but you won't get them by just being reactive. You would have mm. to change yourself first, become less reactive to your own habits, less reactive to other people's actions, like you were giving an example of earlier, but not reacting. Uh, people make you angry, and then be able to have a long plan, long-term plan and keep working away at it in a sort of low technical boring way mm. uh no everyone yeah. can do this and, and how hard less... it is for people to stick to diet yeah for sure absolutely and, and less distracted don't be distracted because it is you're gonna waste your time then you're gonna wake up and you're you know 35 plus then you're gonna be like, "Fuck! What happened? <laughs> Where did it all go?" Yeah, to const- oh, no. to try and constrain yeah. your distraction because it's gonna happen, like you're saying about mm. your brain. It's gonna do it to you. It wants to do it. So to to box it into a corner so you have your little distracted times um, yeah. that you let yourself off the hook about that and you don't make a big deal about it. And you just like, fine. You're just doing whatever then. Yeah. Um, but not trying to uh. To try and be ultra rigid and organized, which I am not. You, those type of people just have their other problems. They just end up being reactive in a different way, mm. that kind of harsh self discipline kind of way. And that visit, Jocko willing. Mm. <laughs> good, good. Uh, Get up at three o'clock in the so morning. <laughs> good. His theory of uh, how to be disciplined, his theory is just be disciplined. That's his theory. <laughs> wow. But it is though. Like people say, how do I do such and such? I can't get myself to do this. Just do it. Just do it. Well, obviously that's the that is the behavior change. But they obviously can't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like uh, you can't do anything with that. So, uh, but you know, over time you can definitely change yourself with little discipline things every day. Mm. Totally change you, but not in the way you think, and not as quickly as you think. And yeah. uh, some of it just has to happen. You have to set the conditions, and it'll happen for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. directly often yeah you yeah yeah well as as bundles of habits um doing the work it, yeah it's going to be indirect in in my experience usually um yeah let's play one more We've got time for one more we might as well because we've <laughs> dragged this out to like we haven't even played one yeah. <laughs> we played this is yeah, kind of three like a, words this is a, sounds an interlude episode <laughs> interregnum <laughs> It's a regnum, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, we'll play. We'll see. We we'll see what's next. We don't have to answer it. We can do it later. But we'll just see. See what he says. Okay. I wonder what. I wonder what the problem is. Hmm. 
What would the issue be? I, not, I can see your your screen has been shared. I'm not even going to tell the listeners <laughs> what the name of this. Uh, you know, um, I don't even know why that's. <laughs> I think I was I was trying to because because I'd already um, done the extract and I'm like fuck. What can I call this? So I just quickly typed something in. It's quite embarrassing because I, I would not normally do that. I just was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just call it this. And then I, I didn't bother changing the file name, as you can see. Anyway. It is just um, words. But it's, it's, it's words. It's words. It's words yeah. with an emotional reaction. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got a sort of Mark Twain uh, kind of feel about it, I feel. Um, anyway, uh, okay. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Let me try again. Can you hear that? Mutation to... Uh, yeah. Yes. So taking the idea that you kind of need mutation to move forward, to have any kind of progress, I mean, what do you think would happen if if somebody with Timothy Leary's kind of gift for observation and for manipulation and high intellect, I mean, if they were around today, where do you think you would find them? Obviously not in any kind of counterculture at this point, it seems. I, I think various projects, keeping a low profile, mm -hmm. publishing their material uh, in Europe. I mean, I know uh, scientists who are doing things, but getting their work published even uh, in American academic journals is next to impossible for them because it goes against the preconceptions as a scientist myself, behavioral science. And at one time in my life, having been a published peer-reviewed person and also a reviewer of journal articles submitted, it is much more likely that you're going to be published and survive with unusual concepts and unusual ideas in another culture than in your own at this time in this country. So I have an associate who has some very interesting ideas, and many of them have been proven in the laboratory. But he has had to go to England uh, to get his uh, research published. What kind of stuff was he working on? He was working on origins of life and electromagnetics and things I along those that lines. Hmm. We seem hmm. to not be too big on that right now. Mm -mm. We all know how everything was created. <laughs> yeah. We'll benefit from it. We'll... So, um, yeah, I think he, he meant uh Lushewski. Pretty Yeah, sure. I think it is, yeah. yeah. I think it is, because he has a, a couple of articles about that in the Life of Magnetic, uh beginning of life, origin of life stuff, and uh, <laughs> a very interested writer who you've you've had um uh interviews on your yeah. podcast yeah, back in the past, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I spoke to one of his uh, to students. Yeah, yeah interesting guy i'm still in contact actually because um a, a few people have got gotten on to me about wanting to study with him the the old old system of magic which really? is I, yeah, people yeah i think i've had four people that i've, I've passed on because he, he was looking yeah for that's, apprentices. that's uh, all that old style western magic stuff is really popular again um, yeah fucking terrifying i don't know why that, you'd want to do it kind of <laughs> sounds that's fucking... the western spiritual tradition really though isn't it it's like a yeah. lot of it's in it you know it's yeah. um like it's uh the history of it actually aligns pretty well with uh spengler's idea of the west but not 
they don't talk about it like that. Mm. So like uh, it all a lot of that stuff that medieval grimoire type stuff that all um you know the demonology and all that stuff that all mm-hmm. kicked off and uh, that's all like uh, between one thousand like the Western version of it, the Christian Catholic version of it, and the later versions that all kicked off and uh, you know it's like the earliest ones are like twelve hundred or something like that of the yeah. Western ones I think. So it's like yeah. that's all alongside uh, you know Spengler says Western civilization started around around one thousand. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the kind of been the Western version of, um, uh, you know, like Taoism and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Pretty, pretty elaborate, uh, system. Uh, that, that's for sure. Uh, he, it's very like, my, it's very embodied in, in a way actually, you know, because it's like they're in a, you're in a specific place and you've got lots of stuff. Anyone listening to this, by the way, I know a lot of that all came from older stuff, the Greek stuff and the, yeah, the Egyptian the medicine. I know, I know all, I understand a lot, but the, the Western integration of it all has happened. It's all post 1000 and uh, all through the Middle Ages. Like, well, what used to be, well, Spengler doesn't call that Middle Ages. To him, that's just the center, the middle of, Western civilization as a separate organism. Um, but all the cultures use the magical and mystical and spiritual documents of older cultures uh, as their basis. You know, all of them do this. Like uh, the old Hebrew stuff is from Babylonian stuff. You know, it's like everything goes back to the one before, the one before, the one before. This is normal. It doesn't mean that it's all a continuation. Anyway, um, so yeah, he has them. Um, is the guy Lasuski, if anyone doesn't know, you know, he's got a couple of books that Tosha Hyatt published in uh, at uh, New Falcon, originalfalcon.com. And he uh, was also a physicist. So he has like a guy who's into that kind of stuff, that old style magic and uh, pretty some crazy stuff, uh, interesting stuff as well. Uh, is also writing about physics, so you're going to have a different view of what's possible with physics if you're interested in those things. And the guy, I think, is pretty religious also as well. So, like, yeah. a really combination of things you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Yeah, he... Um, so he got into trouble during a, um, a ceremony. Uh, something, like, cra- crazy, like a demon broke out of the circle or something happened. I think he calls it... Um, a slingshot effect, which is when you do a ritual, but you kind of miss the mark, but you have uh, effects that affect you afterwards negatively, even though you didn't get a result. Um, <clears throat> so, so he, Mark Stavish, who was kind of involved with him, who I also interviewed about him, he um, is a priest. He's, uh, I think, Roman Catholic, I'm pretty sure, something like that. And he actually had to bring holy water over and sanctify the house afterwards just to get rid of whatever the fuck was going on, um, which which was interesting. So he, yeah, he he used religion kind of like like you you have to be in that mind space in order to do the ritual magic properly. Like you can't be like a Christopher Hitchens atheist and then think you're going to do it successfully. So so that whole. Uh, belief system and world goes into you forming what he calls a subjective synthesis, which then makes the ritual magic itself uh, possible to perform. Uh, so yeah, he he did have a religious part. The, the, the book 
where he goes on about um, the origin of life, which is interesting because he was also <clears throat> a practicing alchemist under Frater Albertus, uh, whose name was Albert Rydell, who was a German immigrant to the United States, who started um, an alchemical research institute called the Paracelsus Society, which Lajewski studied with him and went through the full course. And um, part of the completion of that, that cycle, I think they call it, which is like this seven year cycle that's based on the planets, um, was at the end of it, um, Frater Albertus tried to get him to do a uh, what's called the water work which obviously you have different elements you got water earth you know all the various things that matter in these esoteric systems and and apparently the water work is not really ever dealt with by uh, alchemists it's like considered a little bit you know too uh <laughs> too evil or whatever or, or dodgy or something it's the impression i got and he in this book he he tried he tries to get um uh joseph uh to do uh the homunculus to try and make a homunculus to make life as part of the alchemical alchemical operation and i won't i won't ruin the book because it's an interesting story but i think that's where his ideas were tied in about the origin of life because during that operation they go into detail about how that actually works about how you rustle up a little man out of a water tank um but, but he uh, uh he um yeah no he's an interesting guy the book's called uh israel israel regarding the philosopher's stone it's got the full account of what happened and that's from new uh, sorry original falcon press fascinating book interesting guy you know I, guys like that are just you know intense and, and from what his students said uh, Wolf, who was the other guy I interviewed, who incidentally is intense also, <laughs> as you would have to be. Um, yeah, that people like that don't fuck around, right? Like they um, they go hard uh, or go home. So it's like interesting yeah. for people to think like somebody who's into practicing like medieval magic and mysticism systems uh, would also be like a modern physicists as well. So people think, oh, it's you know, weird that they're doing two those two things. Um, but it makes you wonder the other way as well. So how many of these like high-level physicists in different places are secretly doing this stuff in the background that you don't know about, like all chemical yeah. experiments and stuff yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. It makes you um, sense. You don't know because they, they can't say that. They would lose their place. You know, if you're an academic or you're a, they found out you did these experiments and you, if from like a scientific experimental kind of mindset, Let's try these old things and see if they work. Let's see what happens. Let's do them as they said and see what happens. Mm. Um, they can't. I mean, they would have to not tell people what they were up to in their private time. So I'm sure there's some of those. I even saw there's even like clips online of um, you know, the CERN uh, hyper what's it called the hyper hadron collider hadron collider. collider or called, something, something like that. Yeah, that, that <laughs> flux capacitor. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that thing, I saw clips where somebody, like, late at night, they're taking photos and they saw these people doing some oh, ritual, ritual in the grounds <laughs> of that place. Shiva, you know, they were, like, under doing the statue of Shiva, and, right? Yeah. Cloaks and stuff. Well, there was that, yeah, there was the Shiva statue, isn't there? And yeah. then there was some other thing as well with, with 
folks or whatever. So somebody, some, and NASA is like well known for parts of NASA with people into all this stuff, you know, like um, really, no idea. Big occultist, yeah, the Jet Propulsion Lab, APL, uh, that part of NASA used to be separate, but that's where Jack Parsons, who was like an Ulster yeah. Crowley occultist, you know, sure. he was like in yeah, contact yeah. with Crowley actually. So he um he blew himself up or somebody blew him up as one of his busy he uh you know a lot of these guys interested in these things come to a, a dodgy end uh, <laughs> yeah. whether it's connected or not you know it's self-selecting also as well you know if you're into ex- risky stuff you probably experiment with these things so yeah. you're risky in many parts of life um but uh so yeah, so like there's people there, and like there's other guys that track all the like go back to Elon Musk vaguely is a uh, the NASA kind of launch dates and all that. There's guys tracking those, and they all have they often have like ritualistic components to the dates they choose for things, and the patches they use for different space uh, uh, exploration, uh, different um, launches and things like that. There's always like weird. Uh, symbolic stuff attached mm. to that. So there's always the people in amongst us are interested in that stuff. Mm. Or it's just kind of a superstitious leftover thing and they just do it just in case. You know, there's mm. that phrase, millionaires. Millionaires don't believe in astrology, but billionaires do. You know, like they'll just, everything, <laughs> mm. they'll they'll include everything just in case because it matters at such a high level. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's an element of that going on. So yeah, so it's very interesting that they are. Pietism personal friends with someone who's crossing taking multiple of those boxes yeah uh and it makes you wonder who's who else is involved in these things because i mean jack parsons the guy who invented the rocket fuel that went to went to the moon it's not like no one you know it's mm-hmm. not like um he's like a proper occultist you know he's like mm-hmm. uh is uh they did the both things making rockets doing <laughs> rituals in the desert you know mm-hmm. uh so these are the kind of people so it doesn't matter what people believe and all this is not really the point. The point is it's like extreme people with extreme interests that collide together in one person's life that are the ones that make things happen. They're not like some, they're not commenters, commentators on the internet. You know, they're doing things, whether we think they're crazy or whether we think they're misguided or dangerous or mm. cool or whatever we think now, it doesn't matter. Or, or satanic. That's what usually gets thrown out of them. Satanic. Yeah, well, I think in the clip you played there, I mean, Hyatt is saying he was struggling to get those published. I'm guessing he's he's implying that it's kind of like too Christian to believe, to have something like that. But I don't think yeah. that's what it is. I think it's more, I think the truth is it's more like scientism. Yeah, for It's sure. like, you know, that's yeah. materialism. It's like that's too anything that's not... Like it's okay to talk about creating life through AI because that's machines and computers. But if you're doing it some kind of weird biological, spiritual, yeah, experiment based on medieval ideas, yeah. it's just like that's like thrown out of this science yeah. academy for that. If, um, if you if you eja- if reason. you ejaculate into rainwater and then get it to put it in a lightning storm, they're, they're against that. Uh, unfortunately, I mean <laughs> that could yield some. Fruitful that's results. another thing i have to try now that's been on this, on this <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but yeah i know what you're saying although he does have a he does have a dig at god uh in there um because he goes because we already know what the origin of life is don't we <laughs> i think that was his little dig at christianity but he he would yeah, um, I, think he's, I was just gonna say he yeah, would his, his... i think he was probably subject to the same stuff we see 
these days. So, you know, we saw during, you know, all the time, like in universities, there's certain lines of science that you can't pursue, whether, you know, certain differences uh, that are not able to be looked at, for example, or yeah, COVID research, you know, we, we all know kind of what he, what he means, I think. But it, what was interesting was uh, just tying into how we were talking about what what should you do uh, then is how he mentioned that, you know, sometimes moving away, starting like little groups and kind of just doing your own thing. To me, it kind of sounded like almost like he's saying, you just do your own thing as well as you can uh, wherever you're at. Probably not in the United States or the Anglosphere in general is probably a bad place. Just move somewhere else, go and do what you're going to do and just kind of let the shit fight happen because it's kind of inevitable that it's going to happen and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. It's just monkeys being monkeys. Uh, you know, I kind of agree with that. I, I agree with, the, you know, the the notion that, not, not that it's a lost cause, but, but I was thinking about this the other day. So, so let's say, for example, that, you know, the, the shit libs get voted out and then we get some sort of you know, hardline Catholic theocracy, which seems to be what a lot of people are into. I don't know which one I'd feel worse in. <laughs> I don't think I want to live in that one either. I mean, maybe maybe it would be okay, but the, the problem is like humans b being what they are, they'll, they'll just make it fucking stupid in some way. I just know what they're going to do. Like they're going to, They'll take the worst elements of it and then they'll just magnify that. Like you, you can never have like a, like just a good civilization. Like they'll just, they'll just fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like which one is better actually? Like, would you rather MAGA, a MAGA government? I mean, maybe that would be better. I don't know. But I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I don't think personally, I don't know about you. But if there was some hardline Protestant government that just gets swept up out of nowhere and just takes everything over and makes everything super Protestant, I, you know, I think I'd fuck. I don't think I'd be any better off as an individual. I don't, I don't think it would be particularly good.
You'd love it. You'd be all over it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, like, the obviously something's got to give. Something's got to give, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm not like saying, oh, let's just keep this liberal shit fight going. But I, I just often think, like, where, <laughs> if it swings back the other way, the advice still holds true. Just find somewhere where you're not going to be restricted by the fucking dummies that are trying to hold people back all the time. I guess that's kind of what he's getting at, right? I think. Yes, and it's also there's like an element of um, some of the good things you can do to help people, help the species, if you want to put it like that, in the long term. They're just going to take a long time and you're not going to see the fruits of it. You just have to build, slowly build something and other people will take over after you, you know? Mm. Um, stop thinking it's there's a kind of a, uh, apocalyptic slash uh, um, um, rupture kind of thing that people have, even when they're not religious, is they think that they have to have this uh, big change that will happen in their life and they'll see it all happen and then there'll be the new world kind of thing, you know? Everything mm -hmm. will change. <laughs> so they're always like this. Yeah. But they, but actually, really, it's more like. Um, it's something that's going to take multiple generations to change if you're interested in actually doing creating mm -hmm. things that are useful. It's like building a cathedral. It's like, you know, one generation starts it and, you know, 100 years later, they're still building it. 200 years later, sometimes more. Yeah. There's still other people are building it. It's like, it's a, you know, you're the guys putting the first stones down probably knew they wouldn't see the end of it. They still did it though. Yeah. You know, it's that thing of, um, uh, society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they will never sit in. Mm, uh, it's mm. the same idea. Cathedrals, same idea. Um, other things. So, like, to be like, actually, reducing the your internal messiah complex a little bit and thinking, well, you're not <laughs> going to do the see the big change and have it now. You just have to do a little bit of good along the way. Like Kaya says, he's right about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, make make some money, have some fun, and do a little good along the way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But and, not and necessarily probably, in the order he says that too. Yeah, yeah. And, and probably people who are into this kind of work are not going to be fundamentalists, likely. So the advice is probably widely applicable, I think. Um, anyway, let's play one more clip. Well, I got you. ...become more successful, but in many ways they will also... Let me just put that back a bit. Right now. Mm -hmm. We all know how everything was created. Okay, here we go. Will benefit from it, will probably become more successful, 
but in many ways they will also drop out in a lot of ways or they'll move to Cancun or Brazil or they'll move to France. I forgot what his name was, uh, the guy who had sex with a 14-year-old. Polanski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blair. yeah, I mean, I saw an interview that after, what, 30 years now? Yeah. They won't let him back in because the L.A. County District Attorney said, we'll arrest him and prosecute him. Yeah. You tell me what type of insanity are we looking at here? This country has taken the worst of the Old Testament and all of the New Testament, and that's how they're living. This is the way we live. This is reality. Now, death worship is, in essence, how I would describe things. And I agree with Freud, who in 1920 and beyond the pleasure principle came up with the idea that there are two opposing instincts. Now, if we take that point of view, there are two opposing instincts. How can we understand human behavior? Because everything is based on the assumption of what? Eros. Mm -hmm. That people do things for their best interest, which is utterly nonsense. They don't do things for the best interest, and why? If you look at the last hundred years of war, from my scanning of the different numbers, 20th century war dead, not wounded, but dead. I believe the numbers run anywhere from 2 billion billion to 4 billion. Now, how many is that a year? If we take 3 billion, the 20th century, we killed the, what, 30 million people a year if I got my zeros right? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. I would believe that. And yet, Turn on television, turn on Fox in particular, and you see all the morons smiling, never asking one question. Hmm, if all these bad things are happening, what is wrong? It's never the nature of the species that's the problem. It's always something out there that's the problem. Yeah. Not enough family values, not enough education. You can throw all the family values you want, all the money at education you want. Hmm? What do you get? Yeah. I remember during part of the rebellion period of the 60s and 70s that professors had to give Bs to minority students. So here you have surgeons operating in an operating room who should have gotten an F, got their medical license because they had to be accounted for, and some silly idea of balance. You see, this is the problem. The species is the problem. And this is the point of all of my work. Until you look at the inherent flaws in the brain of this species, you're never really going to make an orgasmic leap on this planet mm -hmm. unless you have, as Dr. Regardi pointed out, major nuclear holocaust. And simply hope that what comes out of it is better than what is now. And we both used to pick up our uh, drinks and laugh at that point. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That's uh, a good <laughs> so, way to finish. Is something in there for everybody, huh? <laughs> he said a lot, didn't so, he? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, <laughs> not sure why all of it agree with, but anyway, the... Um, he, I love the way he brings, he constantly brings uh, current issues back to the species, the yeah. problem, the biological, the problem, the species, the brain, structures yeah. of the brain, you know.
that was bringing back that because you do just see once you start noticing that you just see it playing out all the time and you yeah. don't get lost in the content anymore this is just one of those dramas where the way people's the human brains function the way they see get caught up in the abstractions and then they just argue and fight about the abstractions and will kill each other over a symbol um and it just gets out of control and uh you just see it all the time and then once you actually understand once you see that all the time it's hard for you to have some kind of utopian thing of how you're going to fix everybody you realize mm-hmm. you're in a fucking armed madhouse <laughs> and uh, what are you going to do yeah 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 totally um, um move but, to cancun um, well, <laughs> sounds like good advice yeah <laughs> yeah so like uh the there, I'm sure there's people, there are people working in interesting things, but it's a lot of it, I would say maybe from, it, it's not really the main energy, the money of it, it's not really gone in the kind of direction that, uh, you know, that kind of brain change direction, really, it's gone more into this, you know, it's all in the AI, it's much more sort of technical geek stuff rather than um, or maybe more like quiet and leady kind of where they thought it was going you know yeah it is it is interesting though because i remember him saying once that the the problem again with with the species as he as he calls it uh is that any any innovation or anything that we create uh technologically we'll just use to to further i think the way he said it our own bestial natures like we will always have difficulty using it for something to make us better like it'll get used for pornography or you know <laughs> uber eats or j- just something stupid just something you know base basically so i yeah i agree so far things haven't gone in that direction although i think there is a stream of stuff that is kind of happening on the side um for example, biofeedback technology, meditation technology. I actually think Elon Musk's uh, Neuralink's going to fail. I actually think it's unnecessary. I think they're going to be able to do it without drilling into the brain. Um, I think they're just going to have yeah. sensors that are going to work. Yeah, so, that's going to be like wires. That's going to be like the wires and you know yeah. before wireless kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think he's. But he's ultimately right because because the technologies. So I think ChatGPT and all this sort of stuff. I think it's useful. Uh, besides the fact you know techies are, are nerds and they they're annoying, but the technology is like it's pretty impressive. Like what it does is pretty cool. Um, but it's not going to change us fundamentally. So the way that it gets used is going to be in the same way that humans always use things, you know, uh, with the same yeah. limitations that our brains have and, you know, the fact we're aggressive and violent. But the fact that these people think that we can take a technology like this and just have more education, just have more learning and just have more access to information. And that's the thing that's going to fix this because, of course, we're acting in our best interests, which is what I think he said, that's the absurd part. That's not really what happens because the limitations of the brain are still there. Um, and yeah, I know you, you're a big fan of Spengler and the fact that things, you know, are going to slowly decline over the next couple of centuries. 
I tend to agree. And I think that if we, you know, if we don't wipe ourselves out first, um, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. Unless, but, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, e even with the work, even if you could somehow manage to make everyone do this kind of thing, like how do you, how, yeah, is, is it enough? Is it enough? I don't know. I don't know. Well, how. His thing there, his, yeah. his thing was it would have to be like a nuclear holocaust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for Sam Bear to come out. Obviously, he's been like he's uh, been an edge lord. Yeah, yeah. But um, if you think about it, um, I can't remember the exact number, but I read somewhere that they think at one point during the ice age, the humans were down to like tiny amount. It was like ten thousand or something. They think mm. you know it was really wasn't many people. I don't know if it's the right number, but it's a crazy small number, yeah, small number of yeah. people left. And all those are the people that managed to survive those conditions, you know, they said, and, you know, really rough conditions. So that that um, ecological situation created a certain hardened, specifically skilled type of human being that would have been different from the ones going in. So something like that could happen again, something better could come out of it, but it could just as easily be something worse comes out of it, even more mm. useless, mm. Um, even more <laughs> like crazy. No bother. I don't see why it would necessarily be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, that seems to have happened before, and uh, I just, uh, just, it's like, so when you like Hyatt talk, talks about stuff, he talks about something in one of the other DVD, uh, CDs. He talks also about uh, that uh, you should that a lot of the new technologies are technologies are coming, and uh, but not everybody will have access to them. You know, you're going to have to need money. You're going to need them. Um, power and whatever to get access to you know life extension technologies and uh brain change things and, and those kind of things and uh, you know he recommends people to try and get as much money as they can so they can get these things and don't believe the illusion that you're going to everybody's going to get them equally uh because not everyone will have access to them you know like every, everything else i think that's true uh, and i think you but you see the delusion of that being played out a lot just now because a lot of the talk it's implicit in when people talk about chat GPT and those things, about how it's going to change things. It's always change the world and change <laughs> it for everybody equally. Do you know what I mean? Mm, it's built in. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. like uh, everyone will be changing together with this kind of thing. Uh, Hyatt is like a extreme libertarian individualist. He's not an elitist. He's not, when he's saying about these things, he's meaning as in these tools are useful for individual people to use in individual ways. But the collective will be using them in different ways and they'll try and stop you some of the time or they'll let you get versions or uh, they'll try and keep things from you or whatever you need to have um, access to them, which means in reality, money, power, uh, connections. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, it's not going to, the benefits aren't going to be equal. They're only going to be access to some people. And then if you include Spengler and things declining, then it'll become even more hard to get access to these things for the majority of people. But these high-tech things will still exist. There'll just be fewer and fewer people have access to them. Yeah. Or they'll just get excluded better. Uh, they'll be more able to exclude them. So there might be a neural link for the common person and then there's the, the, the good stuff for the rich people. Yeah. Uh, the people who have access to it. Rich doesn't necessarily mean money. It could just be you know connected or um, useful. Or yeah. other skills, but um, I also uh, it's going to be much messier, much yeah, much messier than I think people think. Yeah, you know, there's probably there's a place for eugenics as well. The E word, 
probably if i was going to do it I would. people do it all the time i'm going to have once yeah. kids with her that's it yeah i'm going to like i'm going to eat these we're, we're going to yeah. have to eat these foods while you know during the process well that's yeah we're going to yeah you know, like it's it's eugenics, eugenics to some level all the time sure yeah i just um, mean on a greater scale like a maybe something a little bit more deliberate i don't know how you'd manage something like that but yeah, I, I feel well, the old way was the old way was you're uh, you're gonna marry this person and that's all yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, you know, I, I think the other the other part it could be some combination of uh class eugenics the natural tendency for human beings to have caste as well i think that's going to come back as things get more barbaric and probably the upper castes will will have access to certain technologies like that and it could actually just happen that way couldn't it you could just get a new superior cast that, that call the shots uh, for a while but it's interesting to think about i really don't know i i agree with him in a way that w without evolutionary pressure it's hard to imagine something fundamentally changing but one thing is for sure i don't think nature just likes to stick around for too long i think it likes to well sorry to have stasis for too long so you so you have to think at some point you know something's going to diverge it's going to get annoyed it's not going to want to just sit around and grill like it's it's lumbering gene robots want to it probably doesn't have much of an interest in that ultimately over well, a larger time one scale. thing i think could push like a change in the species would be if they really are serious about going to mars i don't think you, they can do that with current humans the current mm. biology i just don't think it works i think they need i think they, they might be able to make the technology to get there to take people there physically but they're gonna just you know the current human is not going to be able to survive that i don't think it, especially emotionally um Never mind, like lack of sunlight and other things. So I think it will it will require some kind of genetic, deliberate genetic mutation and mm. Mm. eugenics type stuff for breeding for that. The Chinese yeah. are doing stuff like this already. They yeah. don't give a shit, you know. They're 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 yeah. they're they don't have the baggage about this stuff, so they're doing it. Um, which means everyone else will end up doing it anyway because it's just, you know they'll have to. Uh, so I think that will push some kind of change and you'll see some kind of experimental stuff going on, probably is already happening secretly oh, in some underground bunker somewhere um, to change people's genetics so they can survive going to the Mars better. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but I think like I just that kind of um, they're going to need to do something to people emotionally because I don't think people's emotions can survive being that far away from the sun. I mean, in the physical sense, Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think. I think they'll drive people to some kind of weird depression, um, let alone the lack of fucking vitamin D and everything else. Um, they, so they're going to have to start mutating like that, and that'll begin with the kind of people who are young, crazy young guys who want to, who, or uh, military guys who want to volunteer to be the experiments. Hmm. Uh, hmm. So like that might do it. But other than that, yeah, it's going to be some kind of catastrophe uh, that people are forced. There's just a certain group of people, certain types of people survive or uh, create something that helps them survive. Um, yeah. Probably this probably will happen many, many times before. Yeah, yeah, it has. 
Lots of times. Probably like been to the planets before. You know, I know there's conspiracy theories about finding stuff on planets. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that um, Robert Sepper, Sepper. Don't know if you know how to say his last name. He's always on about that. Pictures. I'm of, seeing uh, a picture of a dinosaur in a spaceship. Spacesuit <laughs> in my mind just now. But probably it's, not. It's it something, like something else. Hollow, hollow Earth and uh, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. I've got no idea. But uh, he he was saying that if if you do the work, then you'll become more successful, which is true, I think, but at least in my case, compared to probably what was going to happen and compared to afterwards, uh, I can definitely attest to that. You you <clears throat> you will you will drop out. Uh, in some sense, you'll drop out. Because once you understand what you are, then, you know, just by virtue of that, you're going to see better how everyone else is as well. And that is just going to make you an outsider. So in that sense, you're going to drop out. You'll drop out. You won't value the same things other people do because you will uh, self-define uh, because part of the work is self-defining uh, because you're a bundle of habits, or, or we we tend to be a bundle of habits that are that are defined by forces outside of ourselves. And part of the work is acknowledging that and getting on top of yourself and self-defining and uh, making plans of your own your own creation and and uh, acting them out. Um, so in that sense as well, you will drop out because you simply won't value what your father or your mother or your family value necessarily. You won't value what the civilization around you values uh, necessarily. So, so you do become a bit of a dropout with this kind of work. It's absolutely, absolutely the case. Uh, but you, I think that you do become more flexible and for that reason, uh, more successful. Um, and for that reason, certain streams of thinking become uh, when you when you see see them for what they really are. Uh, certain communities, certain places where you live, may live, certain ideologies and belief systems, and people that uh, peddle certain ideas. And I know he referenced uh, specifically. Um, how America is a mix of, I think he said, the New Testament and the worst of the Old Testament, <laughs> which is an interesting way to put it. Um, now I think about it, it's pretty much true when you look at the political circus that the entire planet seems to be fixated on. <laughs> kind of, kind of re reminds me of that, uh, actually, now that he says it, I think it's, it's a good way to contextualize it. But also, I think, you know, he was talking about uh, the death instinct with Freud uh, and and how that is represented in groups of people. Um, so, so in this respect, these things start to become obvious to you. Certain things will become very unpalatable and you just won't want to be around them anymore. And this is just part of the process of defining yourself on your own terms uh, which is not culturally dependent or dependent on your family or dependent on anything else 
So that is one side effect of the work that you should think about. Uh, you know, I often think that probably the reason people come to this kind of thing anyway is because they are already outsiders. So it's not that much of a, a big deal. Um, but, you know, maybe the, there's going to be elements of you looking at friends or relationships or uh, ways of being that you've been in the past. And you're just not feeling the same way about them anymore uh, as as you go through the work. And that, that can be a little bit upending sometimes. I mean, having to give away uh, certain relationships and various other things uh, because you just don't see eye to eye anymore or someone becomes way too annoying or you even notice that, that some people uh, in your life don't want you to change. They want to hold you back because they can't handle the fact that you are measurably changing your character outside of what they're uh, used to and that they will deliberately try to trip you up at any at any point and i can confirm that happens as well so all in all i think uh dr hyatt's right um you know you do become more successful uh, more self-defined happier uh and you feel better in your body as well i think kevin actually when you go through the process everything just becomes just lighter and better and feels better um yeah you're not using as much excess tension to do things yeah yeah uh, absolutely um and you're not having you're not experiencing so many of the emotional reactions which are then creating which themselves create more tension for you so yeah. you're not only reducing the base level of tension that you have but you're also preventing the accumulation of new tensions inappropriately you obviously yeah. need certain amounts of tension to do things, both sure. physically, emotionally, intellectually. You need things need to be tense and antagonistic for you to um, to make things move. But um, most people are just way using way too much energy for things all the time. Uh, you were saying about dropping out that makes you drop out. There's kind of two ways that makes you drop out. You drop out in the early stages of the work. You might drop out like really physically and withdraw from people and. Um, things like that. Um, and then later you'll re-engage more socially. You kind of have to kind of go incubate, go away into your own little cocoon kind of thing. Cocoon, Cancun. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, and then you re can re-engage socially more again later. It's tricky though, because you, and, and yeah, you definitely do, it does affect your relationships. Mm. Uh, it's tricky though, because you don't know whether you're, in the, especially early on, you don't know if you're kidding yourself, whether it's the work, whether you're just, making a mistake because you're getting, you're having a chaos of emotions at the moment you haven't normally dealt with and you make a mistake and you're wrong. Sometimes you just become more aware and you realize, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing, wrong relationship, wrong job, wrong whatever. Oh, I live in the wrong place. I just need to do something else uh, that you wouldn't have noticed before. It might have taken you 10 years before you could notice that in a week, which is good. Uh, you don't get yourself pulled into it. You don't, uh, you're less likely to waste a lot of time doing the wrong thing. Kind of notice earlier that this is a bad idea or you just don't get involved in things. Whether like normal things, like you don't get involved in the gossip in the office because you're just not interested or you don't get involved in some harebrained business scheme that your friend pulls you into or uh, you just, because a lot of that's reactive. You know, you've got to invest in this thing now. You've got, this is your last chance. You know, it's all kind of reactive decision-making. Um, so... 
you just don't have those reactions as much anymore, so you don't get pulled into a lot of those things. Uh, in the early stages, you also you might feel kind of lost uh, in a way because what you thought was your direction was giving you direction and uh, certainty were things that are, again, just another set of reactions and uh, emotional tricks and delusions you play in yourself to keep you in place. And then when they break up, you can, it can be a bit fearful and you get a little bit scared in the beginning. And then, and then eventually that kind of changes more to a positive feeling of uh, anticipation and opportunity. Because mm -hmm. actually it's the same thing. It's just how you're reacting to the more freedom. It seems bad in the beginning because you're breaking apart your own prison that you made for yourself during your life. Well, genetics made some of it. Your upbringing made some of it. You yourself made some of it. Um, and you can pick apart and break some of that up consciously later. Some things are harder to. Uh, still going to have a brain and a body and a planet to play on. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a word for um, what you just described about how you think um, you're not going, yeah, you're going crazy. So, so during um, the first period, so, so in a way, um, I'm just trying to think what, what it's called. Yeah, so, so effectively, what, what a lot of the work is, is actually, uh, well, it's called undoing for a reason. So, so you're uh, part of what contraction and character is, I think, is uh, this vicious species of self-control, like a really uh, debilitating form of self-control. Like it's, it's kind of like self-control built on self-control. And, and kind of what you're doing practically with the work is you're actually letting go of those uh, compulsions and tensions out of the body as, as a way to stop trying to control everything. So, so what happens is when you stop trying to control everything, <laughs> certain things will happen. They'll just happen. But because you're not used to them, and I think you were saying this, Kevin, you'll, you'll get very uncomfortable at them and it'll feel as if you're going insane like it'll feel like you're going crazy sometimes but in a way what's really happening is you're just stopping the uh pernicious over control of what's happening and letting those energies and just drives etc just actually flow without uh the rigidified contraction that is your character so so the best way i've heard it described is you feel yourself being broken apart in a way like um and yeah this can be quite quite disconcerting um particularly if you're a super control freak and your parents were really controlling people um and you just have that like super wound up <laughs> kind of personality I've I've heard stories about people like really feeling like they were going insane. I, I must admit, I never really had that. Like I had uncomfortable things that were weird or whatever, but I never really felt like some people uh, report feeling. 
but there's, there's actually a word for it and i just can't remember um what it is anyway it doesn't matter um you know just allowing things to happen is key to all of this as well and that includes feelings like like this if you feel uncomfortable uh through the work and you have certain reactions that you're not used to um that just come up uh or you feel a certain way about a relationship that you didn't feel before and you're like you're noticing that it's limiting you actually uh or you're noticing the dynamic in the relationship more clearly and then you're seeing it as negative uh, when before you didn't feel that way or simply during the session itself um if for example if you do certain types of breath work um it can bring up all sorts of weird feelings like you you can start laughing uncontrollably you can start I, i've seen people crying um I've, you know you have uncontrollable spasms and weird shaking and muscle things that happen again it's this it's this over control that you're kind of letting go of that's kind of what the process is it's the rigidity itself is un untwisting unfurling it's it's you're you're practicing allowing things to happen which is what you weren't doing before so in a in a micro sense during the session this is going to happen and the best thing you can do is simply go with it and notice what's going on and then in a macro sense in an everyday life sense when you uh, quote unquote liberate these energies um, which you know, I don't like that term, but it's kind of what kind of what it feels like. Uh, and as Kevin was describing before, all these things come up that make you feel uncomfortable. It could be a yeah, all these uh, opinions regarding a relationship, or you know, just a general feeling, or whatever it is. The, the best thing you can do is to just take a step back, notice what's happening. Uh, take a note of it, take it down as data, and just kind of go with it and try try not to freak out too much, um, because you're you're letting go of that debilitating self control, which is not to say that you shouldn't have any self control. Uh, that's not really what we're getting at, but it is it's definitely a useful frame to look at it that way i think particularly when you do the work because i was thinking the other day when i when i first started doing it i feel like with hyatt's uh course it's not really well explained um what the actual process itself is and and looking back if if someone told me that the general context of it is to simply try to allow things in your body to happen in the right and proper way. I think that probably would have helped. And maybe he did mention that somewhere. I don't know. But at least when I was younger, I don't recall having that in mind so much. But it is really, you know, your body wants to work in a certain way. And it doesn't because of years of opinions and ideas and contractions and emotional experiences. And this, this is really just the process of undoing all of that and just allowing things to happen. And of course, weird shit is going to happen, right? Um, 
So that, that's and my part of, well, final Seemingly words. paradoxically, the when you allow the things to happen when you're doing the practices like that, and you're working on yourself, when you then go to make something happen in normal life, you're actually better at it. You can actually have a plan and stick to the plan and do the work you need to do for the plan mm. to yeah. uh, to make it happen. So like it's not like you take the passivity of the practice into real life and you're just drifting around waiting for things to happen. It's you you still have plans, but they're more clear now. You're not being distracted by all these different events that are going on internally and all these reactions, and you're not so easily knocked off course by other people and events. Yeah. And uh you this comes in directly from letting things happen at your basic level of your sensations, your feelings, your movements, your thoughts. Hmm. And just treating them there's a thought, there's a feeling, there's a this, there's that, this and uh not that by doing that so many times, you know, the what Hyatt calls the Maha practice, you know, there is you know, buzzing in my feet, there is warmth on my forehead, there is, you know, you just do that enough times you you stop getting pulled into the physiological stuff. You start creating a space that's aware of these things. It's not separate from them. That's not the right way to say it, but you're just not identifying with all these things anymore. So you're, you have space now that you can come up and with plans and do new things. You're able mm. to do them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you is, just, you find would you yourself... agree, just quickly on that, would you agree that there's like an intelligence in the body that's, that's not your sense of self and and it's that part that gets wound up in all this shit all this acculturated shit and and it's the the, the rigidified contracted elements is stopping that from fully that intelligence from working properly i feel like which is kind of ties into what you're saying with um things get easier in real life because you're actually trusting yourself more in, in a greater sense, like in a more holistic sense. Whereas before you were trying to hide it back, uh, hide it, you're rigid and trying to stop it. Whereas you're kind of unleashing that biological intelligence to get things done more effectively. Does that make sense? Maybe yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you create space for things to happen. I mean, like you're um, just to let me think of an example is like guys are always fussing over how to, uh, you know, young guys, how to uh, approach women and all that kind of stuff and deal with their nervousness and all that kind of, you know, that kind of theme that young guys are always talking about. Um, if you're, you've got all this stuff in your head, that's uh, making you nervous and all these words in your head. And it's totally, you're totally reacting to things and tense and all that. Uh, so you're going to act in a certain way and you're going to act all weird and tense and be unattractive, obviously. Uh, whereas if you do this work, you're going to be, you're allowing the, you're just going to have good, well, when people say, oh, I just have good energy, you know, there's like, it's not really actionable advice, you know, just have energy around people. <laughs> uh, but this allows you to have the good energy because you're just, it's just, the flow is happening. The emotional, the playfulness of chatting to people and stuff will just come out because you don't have all the stuff in the way. So it's like you've made a space for the natural emotional systems of a mammal. Uh, you know, you're kind of play your circuits that want you to play as well as to interact with people and to um, seek a mate. That's uh, going to allow that um, the non-verbal stuff to be happening in a much more natural way, which will be more attractive. Mm. So it's yeah. like a 
there's that. That's just one example of the intelligence would be coming out. Yeah. Um, obviously, a dangerous situation. You'll react better to the dangerous situation if you're not all this reactive things going on. You'll do what you need to do mm. without getting all clogged up in in feelings. Um, I'll do another example. You know, I mean, you can, if you've ever done martial arts, compare yourself at the start when you're sparring. You're like flaily. You're just like rigid, and you're all uh, tense and frightened, and don't know what to do. And then later, when you realise that you uh, when you overcome that, you're you find yourself doing things without totally thinking about them. Partly because you've trained them, but it's not just like simple drilling something and it happens as a reflex. It's not like that. It's the deeper intelligence of your body starts to do the right thing without you having to consciously think it through in that moment. Mm. But at other times, you are consciously training yourself to do it. Yeah, yeah. Your intelligence will just come up with the right thing for this new situation, which has never been in before. It's not just repeating the same moves. This is a mistake people make. They think that you just learn physical things and then you just, it's just like an automatic reflex because you're always in a different situation. Some intelligent part of you that, um, that you're not actively doing in the moment is deciding how to do this. It's do it slightly different in this case to solve this problem right now. You know, this guy's punching you in a different way from a different height, different distance, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can do more things. Um, but you have to, be another time you have to be consciously practicing and doing work on yourself in order to develop that intelligence. So there's like a two way, there's a top down as well as a bottom up mm. uh, thing going on. I think uh, it's been really obvious to because I've been in martial arts the last six months, five months. Yeah. So it's been obvious to me in it, doing it stuff. I knew the stuff anyway, but that's where most of my examples are coming from now because it's really clear in it because you don't get punched in the face as often. That's so yeah. helpful for remembering. It helps you. It helps me remember anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I um with particularly with uh, martial arts with with boxing and kickboxing for me, what I've really noticed over the years is just you get lighter on your feet, you're just bouncing around a lot more, and you're just not as stuck. <laughs> you flow. You flow. You're a process. You're a flowing process. Um. That's all right for you, though. Yeah. You're nine foot tall. You can just bounce it out <laughs> far away from people, you know? Six foot five, man. That's Six the rest of us have to find a way into it. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, actually, what you said before reminded me. Um, so during during the sessions, um, th there is an innate intelligence in the body, and that's what you're trying to um, unravel, I guess. Um, for lack of a better better term, uh, but but also when you're in the sessions, the thing you've really got to be careful of, uh, and it's one one thing to think, oh, I'm I'm just trying to let things happen. I'm trying to get rid of the control control or whatever. Um, but th there's this thing called the Superman syndrome. So you can actually get to the point where you're you're enjoying <laughs> what's going on, and you you start to become you start to demand high performance in it. And there's a real subtle uh, balancing act, I would say, between like, I've got to make this happen. I'm trying to induce the thing, which is another, just another element actually of, of this rigidity. Or on the other hand, not letting something happen, which is 
you know the the other side of the the coin so there's kind of like two sides to it but you you got to be careful of the the other side where you're trying to make it happen like you you want it to happen um which is yeah that's just as bad and destructive and when you do the work you know you've really got to not even balance those two things but you've got to be you've got to be on the lookout for it because it's very easy to fall into and and no doubt uh you, you know people that practice it will fall into it because it's kind of like a part of the process to some degree but it's it's a useful thing to be aware of that really you you can't demand you can't demand things of the innate intelligence of the body because that's the actual thing that you're trying to overcome um and that's yeah as i said it's it's easy to fall into um it's it's that fine tightrope walk in between those two things i guess in a way you, you just just want to let things happen you want to go relatively slowly and the body will do whatever it's got to do at a reasonable pace i believe uh, that's that's my view on it um yeah like i think of it as a uh, you're training the body and educating the body but you're not actively micromanaging every little detail so like you're you're giving it guidance so it's like if you think of it like a sort of a rider and a horse so the rider's sort of guiding you know, in his hand one way it makes the horse move the other way he's doing little things to guide the horse but he's not doing the running he's not you know he's he's not got the horse's body he's not like but he's kind of on top and guiding it and changing things that the horse wouldn't do without him and they're uh, both getting to the place faster because of it uh Obviously, the rider is in charge in one way, but it can not be in another way. So you, it's not like you uh, practice being the the jockey, the horse, really good, really good, and then you can just get on any horse and win. You can't. If a horse needs obviously trained, and yeah. certain horses are better than others, and all that. So you're, if you think of your body or your lower systems as as the horse, and then your higher cognitive systems as the rider. Uh, it's more just like you're like the leader of your body, but you're not micromanaging every detail. You kind of have the vision and the plan, and then you just hire the right people for the job and let them do it, and then yeah. make sure everything's integrated as you're going. Yeah. Uh, it's more like that than simply just let the horse do what it wants, allow, allow the horse freedom, you know, do the right yeah. thing. I don't believe that. But I also don't believe that you... Um, that it's all the rider, you know, Sam Harris style, that it's all yeah. up, up top. Yeah. The other stuff is more <laughs> some artist getting bossy this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna beat the fucking shit out of the horse if it's not doing what you think it should be doing, right? <laughs> exactly. Probably You're probably doing something do wrong it. if it requires that, you know. <clears throat> if you yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably probably that's uh and like to keep the analogy going, I mean the horse in the beginning doesn't want to do what you want it to do. Hmm. It doesn't want to, it wants to do something else. So like your body wants to do something else and usually it'll just be the path of least resistance or whatever the most immediate pleasure is. So some people do that all their life. Some people uh, um, are the opposite. They want to be harsh all the time and overly harsh discipline all the time and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's like a balance in between. Sometimes you need more one than the other. Yeah. Uh, again, it's path dependent. You know, the person starts, depends where they're starting from. If they're the hyper-rigid self-control freak versus uh more kind of passive um, wandering kind of person 
then uh, they might need a different thing in the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, different emphasis. Yeah. Yeah, and this is again, it goes back to the when you go and pick a practice, you're going to pick a practice from your worst features are probably going to be in charge of the thing you choose at the start. So you know you're gonna you're not gonna do the thing you need. You're probably not gonna do the thing you need the most because your horse doesn't want to do that. And some things yeah. are wrong for your horse. You shouldn't make your horse do that. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, true. And sometimes the um, and for some people, <laughs> just to really stretch the analogy, for some people the horse is good, but the rider that they've constructed is a total <laughs> idiot and needs destroyed <laughs> and a new rider to emerge. Yeah. I think that's uh, in most most cases, so isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got a, 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 an untrained, illogical, uh, short-sighted rider, hmm. and uh, the horse would be a lot better off someone else in charge. Yeah. But while you're changing, it's just a really cool The rider won't want to swap. So this is your like fake ego or whatever sticking on, holding on, trying to keep your fake personality to feel okay, to feel normal, and uh, it's um, no longer useful sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fall off the horse and get trampled to death. That some, sometimes happens as well. Um, yeah, sometimes a new rider doesn't turn up and the person's just wandering around crazy. <laughs> uh, they don't have a new rider, but the other people are like, the rider's totally deluded and thinks there's no horse. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and he thinks that every all horses, all horses are equal. You know, I could any horse. You know, like yeah. um, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, all all horses are one. Um, <laughs> I won't go there. I won't go there again. I was I was I was mean in the last podcast. I can't be uh, I can't be mean to the listeners. You know, you got to be nice, uh, nice to them. I know this is like I uh, I have to be good cop here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we've um, exhausted those two short uh, tracks. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, <laughs> I uh, feel like I'm repeating myself. Um, for, for all the yeah. um, talk about people shouldn't be coming on the internet, we've taken like one minute of uh, audio <laughs> and talked for three hours about it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, what we say is use- useful to people, Kevin. You know, not like everyone else. Yeah. It's a Messiah complex. We've, uh, you know? we, we've downgraded we've downgraded Messiah complex to Superman syndrome. For, for <laughs> merely a Superman. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure.